are good to go. With more of the Matt Wyatt Show, coming to you direct and live. Hey! Here we go. Hour number two of the show, off and running with you on this Thursday. It is a Thursday. I've confirmed that earlier today. I was convinced it was Friday. It never has been Friday. It's been Thursday the whole time. In the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. We're out here today on this Thursday, staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi, C Spire. Customer inspired. Check them out, cspire.com. You can text the show, call, comment on the live stream, and quite a few of those to get to here. We're not in catch-up mode, but we're on track, but we've got some to get to here coming up uh, right now. By the way, if you want to be a part of the show, you can be. Lots of ways, as I just said, for you to do it. Text the show on the country-pleasing text line, country-pleasing sausage, made right here in Mississippi. The number to text, 885-3776, the 601 number, 885 885- Three seven seven six. Another way to remember it is eight eight five ESPN. Call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. Your Kubota dealer nine nine five one zero five nine. That's the number to call. Be on the show six zero one number nine nine five one zero five nine. And if you're on the live stream, watching on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, hey to y'all. Feel free to type in a comment, hit comment or submit or post or whatever it says. Post a comment. And it'll pop up right here on the thread, the live stream comments thread right here on the show, where just a little bit ago, it was Will on YouTube who brought it up, that uh, story from earlier in the week, the number one defensive lineman recruit in the country. He goes to high school in Missouri, and he committed to the University of Missouri. And uh, most likely a lot of you know to do with that would be the fact that uh, the state of Missouri passed a law, a name, image, and likeness law, that high school players in their state could begin to go ahead and earn NIL money and remain eligible if they commit to go to an in-state college program. So how about that? And so he commented later and said, well, no wonder they flipped the number one defensive lineman for 2024 so there you go. And, and what I said is, okay, it's not the University of Missouri's fault at all. If you if don't like NIL, it's not their fault. They're using what they have at their disposal to recruit, and they all look for every advantage they have. And so in a state like Missouri, if you've got a great high school player there who can go ahead and begin to load up on cash through quote-unquote name, image, and likeness, just by making sure that he goes to an in-state school. That is a huge advantage for them in recruiting those in-state kids. So, what if we propose the question and begin to discuss it? Should Mississippi do the same thing? Now, all these states have NIL laws, and it is a little confusing because, you know, they've popped up at different times over the years, over the last two, three years, and many of them are different in one way or another. Yeah, I could be wrong on this, so y'all correct me if you know better, but I don't think the surrounding states, states surrounding Mississippi, like Alabama, Tennessee, Louisiana, Florida, 
I know it doesn't border it, but you know what I'm saying. I don't think those around in the SEC footprint have laws like that one. Now, you do have SEC footprint states, and Missouri is obviously one of them, that have a law where they say, you know, the NCAA cannot come in here legally enforce and punish anybody, any individual or any school for any NIL uh, reason. So, it's, I mean, I guess what I'm saying is, like, I don't think they have that in Alabama. I don't think they've passed that for whatever reason. And I'm sure, with stuff like that, I am sure there are nuances that I don't understand or grasp right now in talking about it, you and I both. If we were to sit down and talk with a lawmaker. However, just remember, a couple of weeks ago, when we were at Divinity Equipment, sitting in their showroom one day and having a radio show and kicking it around and talking fishing and hunting and a little bit of everything, including sports. You remember that um, one of our state representatives from Atala County, Jason White, who um, is the speaker pro tem. So he'd probably be the next speaker of the house. And he sat down and joined us. His son's a quarterback over at MRA. He's a Southern Miss commit. And one of the first things he said was that earlier that day, he had been on the phone with somebody who was wondering and asking, hey, when, when is Mississippi going to look at maybe cha- changing its NIL law to kind of open it up and, and help the in-state schools even more? Okay, well, there's someone who is a current lawmaker who's in that House seat after being elected, and he, and he was again. You know, again, kind of speaker pro tem, fast track maybe to be the next speaker. It's a a nice position to be in, and he's fielding phone calls about that. Well, it tells me that it may be a bigger conversation behind the scenes right now in our state than we realize out here openly and publicly. You know, if if that guy, this isn't like somebody called you or called me. If that guy's got phone calls, well, who's calling him? It's not like I'm picking up the phone and calling him, just a voter, going, hey, when are we going to change it? It's, it's more likely that it's somebody somewhere, maybe at a school or maybe involved with a school, going, we need to have these conversations. Here's what's going on. I just wonder how likely it is. You know, when you have the IHL board here in the state, and so it's a little bit of a different setup, I know, than, say, a place like Missouri. I mean, the state of Missouri has got a lot of colleges and universities, smaller ones, but it's got one big one. And it's got one in a massive conference, and that's the University of Missouri. So a little different there in terms of the advantage it would be for the University of Missouri in getting that law passed. It'd be like going, you know, Arkansas. Arkansas has got a whole bunch of colleges and universities, anywhere from, you know, NAIA all the way up to D3, D2, FCS, uh, group of five in the FBS, but one power five school in the whole state of Arkansas, and that's the Arkansas Razorbacks. So they pass a law like that, and you wonder, okay, why wouldn't they? And I, I, Again, I'm not here discussing all the, the drawbacks. I guess I'm just saying 
it it can't go in in these other states. If you're in the conference with Missouri and you saw what happened last week, where because of their state law, it's in other words, we don't know that it's the factor. You might presume or assume, but we know this: it doesn't hurt to have that state law, and so an in-state kid who's the number one defensive lineman in the country and they're able to get him to commit to Missouri. It certainly can't hurt, right? And so when that happens, you just know, well, if it goes too much further without some major shifting and forming of a structure that everybody's going to play by, and it continues to just kind of be up to each school and up to each state what they're going to do and how, you know, and how much a fan base wants to basically donate to the collective, then a place like Mississippi, and you have competing schools, obviously, in this state, is going to have to, I think, they'll have no choice. They're going to have to heavily consider going back in, looking at what Missouri passed, and do something similar here. And it'll just be one after the other. I really think that's the case. All right, some of your comments here. Let's get into it. Dad of Squares texted the show and said, I absolutely agree with a law like that. However, they don't get any money unless they go to Mississippi State. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, look, you know, being honest, right? Right, Squares? I want to go to my school. Uh, J-Rock texts the show and he says, what if the high school player starts getting the money and commits to an in-state school and then at the last minute changes his mind? Does he have to give the money back? Well, J-Rock, again, it would depend on what the agreement was to begin with, right? That's right. It would, it would have, that's what it would depend on. So legally, do we have paperwork? Okay, because, all right, follow this train of thought with me just for a second, J-Rock, and I won't go too far. If a state passes a law that says, right now, according to the state law here, the NCAA cannot come in here and punish anything NIL related. Well, they've passed that in Missouri. Well, if they've passed that, one thing the the NCAA proposes to punish people for would be writing, putting it in writing that this is a pay-for-play. Like, we're paying you to commit here and to attend. Like, pay to attend. That's a big no-no. It would be against NCAA rules, and they normally would enforce that, right? And, and hand out penalties if they found out that was the case. But if the state says you can't penalize for that, penalize us for that, then in that case, they would be free, according to their state law, to make some sort of written-out contract and agreement with the player. Now, that may hurt your chances. He may go, oh, I don't want to sign anything, and that's there's real life for you. But they could do it because the state law exists. Does that make sense, J-Rock? Grizz texts the show and says, Ryan Wingo, four-star receiver from St. Louis, will also be choosing Missouri over Tennessee because of the NIL law. The defensive lineman went for $1 million. Tennessee matched it, but the fact that he gets the money faster at Missouri won out. How about that? How about a high school kid for his commitment getting a $1 million? That's getting on up there. St. Louis Vic texts the show. Previous subject, said Matt, sadly I just finished my uh, latest l- a link of original country pleasing sausage. He says he splits them down the middle, fries them, puts cheese, cheddar cheese on it, regular old white bread. Boy, oh boy, it was good. I bet. 
fry it up, put some cheese on it, put it in a bun, eat it up. That's great. All right. Um, so uh, over on the live comments thread on the live stream, everybody said, yeah, um, Mississippi should get their law to match Missouri's. Blind Squirrel Sports says he's a Georgia fan, says Georgia ought to do it too. I don't know if Georgia needs any more help. <laughs> um, Sven said, State, Ole Miss, and Missouri will not be able to match up with Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. They stacked five stars, three deep on the O-line and D-line, for example. Georgia had 65 four- and five-star players in 2022. Is that not unbelievable? You know, is that is that not unbelievable? Sven, you remember that comment a few years ago from Dan Mullen when he was at State and they were getting ready to play Alabama, and he said, look, the rosters aren't the same. Alabama's got more five stars on its punt team than we do on our whole team. And the media in the room went, ah! <laughs> and then they stopped for a minute and realized, oh, wait a minute, he's telling the truth. That was not meant to be funny. It's a fact. Whew, what a gap. Now, yeah, truthfully, you can only put 11 on the field at a time. But you can put your 11 best on the field at a time and Good night. Will commented on the live thread and said, uh, I'd imagine a lot of state legislators are already drafting bills that compete with Missouri's. Out-of-state recruiting in Texas and Florida will be really hard if they pass a similar law. Yeah, I mean, you're right. It'd be, it would be, it'd be t tough. It would. Chuck commented and said, I expect the Missouri law to face a challenge in the court system. If it survives, I wager you'll see those laws popping up all over the place. So if it gets challenged, makes it through, then you'll see it pop up. I mean, there's a lot of smart people looking at it and talking to the legal professionals and trying to figure those things out. I agree with Will when he said I think there's probably a lot of uh, those conversations going on behind the scenes. Now, what do you think about this comment from Will on the uh, the live comments thread? He said, Saban might as well hang it up if Texas, Florida, and California, and Georgia all pass similar laws. He said, heck, losing Florida recruiting alone would really hurt the tide. Yeah, it's interesting how the conversation has, because of what went on in Missouri, has sort of now moved and gravitated over towards this idea that it, it, it would make you sort of hyper-focused on in-state recruiting, right, because of that advantage. And I don't, if, we, if you really stop and think about it, yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. Because let's just say, you know, if you were to go to you know, a really simple, finite example, just say if the top 10 players in Florida every year, and let's say five of them go out of state somewhere. I don't know what the numbers actually are. Let's just say half. Five of the top ten go out of state every year from Florida. Well, if Florida were to pass some law that says, hey, if you're a high school deal, you can go ahead and start making money in high school, name, image, and likeness, if you commit to an in-state college. So now let's say, what, nine out of ten? So you'd still have... Some, it'd just be much fewer of those top prospects go out of state, right? 
And so it would shift it. It would. So if you just want to throw a hypothetical out there and wonder about it, in the context of this conversation, what they did in Missouri, if everybody did that, would you look up and college rosters at some point down the road made up of more in-state players than we have right now? Would that be the result of it? It's interesting. It's worth thinking about. See, I don't know, like ultimately in-state, you you would judge it by high school recruits because all the big-time rosters are going to have a lot of transfers, right? Because when you look at this situation, like that number one defensive lineman, he gets a report that, well, allegedly somebody rumored to be, you know, a million dollars to go ahead and commit to Missouri because of the Missouri state law, commit to an in-state school, go ahead and make money as a high schooler. Tennessee was going to match it, but he's going to get the money earlier because it's of their law. But it's just one commitment, and you, what, go there? Even if you go there and play one year, now you're wide open again. Again, unless there's some sort of written agreement like we talked about, if there's not a written agreement, which is a contract, no contract, even if he goes plays one year, he could pocket that money senior year of high school, play one year at Missouri and skedaddle. And now you're in the portal and got everybody else bidding for you again. And that's a scenario like what Lane Kiffin talked about at SEC Media Days. That's why it is so you know, uncertain. <laughs> All of a sudden it looks like it's so uh, uncertain. Jimmy commented on the live thread said, are all of those states going to rewrite contract law? Many of these kids aren't 18, so effectively you can't hold them to any NIL contract. No, but you could take booster money and pay them, get them to commit, maybe just maybe hang on to it, keep them happy, right, without fearing the NCAA, which is a total turnabout of what it used to be. White Denzel on the Country Pleasing text line. He texts the show at 885-3776. He says, while our state legislatures, legislators should pass a bill like Missouri, they said, but in their eyes, there's more pressing bills that need to be passed before a bill like that even gets brought up. I, I mean, it's true. I mean, it's true, but it's stranger things have happened, though, right? You say pressing issues. <laughs> Well, go out here the next couple of years and get left behind in recruiting and have two schools go two and ten. And all of a sudden, you got a pressing issue. I'm just saying. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really don't. I really don't know if real, sure enough, Definite conversations are happening behind the scenes in Mississippi to discuss a similar type thing in this state that would give state, Ole Miss, Southern Miss, you know, and even even other in-state schools, but particularly those, particularly state and Ole Miss being in the SEC, that would give them some sort of big advantage in recruiting in-state, highly touted prospects. Because you, they could do, they could accept an NIL deal according to that law as a senior in this state if they commit to a school in this state, and it would give them a huge advantage with those kids. Whether or not it is being kicked around or discussed or whatever, I don't know. 
but two things about it that we do know are facts. We're in the same conference with Missouri and compete with them on the playing field and in recruiting. And look at what Missouri has done, what they've done, period. And they got an advantage. And you go, well, it's a Missouri kid. Yeah, but there are probably there are any number of times where a kid from a state has been recruited out of there and it could be just a place he wants to go or he wants to get away from home or there's a family connection, you know, or a past connection. You know, so it's – but then the other thing is, I mean, Missouri's done what they've done, but the other thing is, like I told you, right here on this show a couple of weeks ago, the Speaker Pro Tem of the House of Representatives in Mississippi sat down and within the first minute and a half said, I got off the phone today with somebody who's asking me, when is Mississippi going to reshape its NIL law to give us more of an advantage? Well, not putting any words in his mouth, he didn't tell me who the conversation was with. He did say it makes a lot of sense. You look around at what other state laws are and go, look, I mean, we may not have any choice unless they, unless there's some structure put on, some lid put on this thing. We may not have any choice, right? And I would assume that for someone like him having those types of conversations, it's not some guy off the street like me picking up the phone and calling him. It's more like somebody at one of these schools who is involved in this stuff to begin with going, hey, listen. It's time for us to start talking about this. All right. Hour two underway. Got a little ways to go with you today on this Thursday in the Bureau. Stick around. Whether it's about winning the game. Or even losing the game. You're going to hear about them all and get to talk about it with Matt Wyatt right here, right now. All right, let's do it. Here we go, rolling along with you today in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Uh, we started the day with a question. Will State's offensive line struggle a little bit this year, making a transition from pass blocking a lot in the air raid to run blocking more in this offense under Barbe, from wide splits for three years in the air raid to now tighter splits, more uh, you know, similar to what everybody else does. And so footwork and working together and the kind of conditioning you have to run block more and you know all those kinds of things. So the question is posed, are they going to struggle? Some people think they will, and people have weighed in, think there will be a, a transition period. Uh, you won't get to hear the whole thing here, but we started out the show, I, I gave this to you in its entirety. Here's a portion of it here. Earlier today, just a little bit ago, I talked with Jeff Collins, the former defensive coordinator of Mississippi State, under Dan Mullen. Then he went to Florida as D.C., and then he went to Temple as the head coach, and most recently he's the head coach at Georgia Tech. And he's got a neat perspective, not only as a coach at different places, but gone to, to be he went to be a head coach at a place that was had to make a massive overhaul in offensive philosophy and system. 
And so I thought you'd find that interesting. And our first couple of questions are about that, just kind of his overall thoughts on the situation at state, the conversion back to a more typical spread option, you know, zone spread offense, and what kind of things they may have to do to get it to work. Here is a portion of that interview, the beginning portion of the interview with Jeff Collins. Really do appreciate some time. So I want to talk line of scrimmage. Sure. Our our friends up on the line of scrimmage, who they are the reason wins and losses happen, but we all pay attention to quarterbacks, you know. And State's got a good one. (laughs) And they do, and it's a big part of it. But there's been a conversation going on about State's offensive line transitioning from air raid to a more typical kind of, you know, spread, spread option, run. Just on the surface, when you see that, what are your thoughts about an offensive line making that transition? Yeah, and it's, it's uh, you know, it's always an interesting conversation. Um, you know, I've gone through it in my career as, as a head coach, the, the transition from a heavy run to more of a balanced uh, attack. And, uh, you know, over in Starkville, they're doing the, the opposite of that. It's a air raid, uh, pass-heavy offense. Uh, a lot of the runs were predicated off of draw schemes as well. Um, so, so a heavy emphasis on pass and draw and those kind of things. Um, and then I've known Kevin Barbet, I guess it's going on eight years now, because uh, he and I were together at Florida with Jim McElwain and, uh, you know, think very highly of him and what he's done as an offense coordinator, especially the last two years. And, uh, you know, I think the thing that does help over in Starkville is they do have uh, what four returning starters across the line, and even though they were, you know, a big half pass emphasis, uh, you know, offense, I think one of the biggest things is the mentality shift. You know, I, I think because I've watched Kevin a bunch, a lot of three point stance, a lot of play action and downhill run, stretch inside zone gap scheme, and I think a lot of that you know, comes with obviously the shift in the fundamentals, uh, the shift in executing out of a more of a three-point stance. Uh, but I think the the shift in mentality where we're going to run the ball and build play actions off of it to set up some explosive plays. Um, you know, I watched a bunch of the spring game, and, uh, you know, I think it's a process that's going to, you know, go through. But I, I have confidence in Kevin and what he's going to be able to do. Yeah. You, you, so you mentioned something interesting to me. I, I'm thinking about it from like a purely fundamental standpoint. You know, we talk about schemes and all this stuff, but it's it's guys' hands, feet, legs, butts, yeah. and muscles have got to make it happen. So three point stance. So so you mentioned that right because in the in the air raid, big wide splits, and even your guards are up on two. They're basically a tackle in space because of the yeah. wide. So so that's a big adjustment really for the interior offensive lineman, right? Right. And then, too, just the uh, the mentality, a lot of those times are set up to be one-on-one matchups a lot of times in, in the passing game and even in the run game, too. Um, but now you shift to more, um, you know, the protection, uh, the variances of slide protection, uh, going back in protection, all those kind of things, uh, zoning off certain sides of protections um, that you have to do in a normal, um, traditional offense. Okay. So – for you as a coach, where you've had a spring, a summer, and now you're in fall, they do have a bunch of vet. It's like all seniors and grad seniors, multiple grad seniors that are right. all going to play for. That's like their first seven are all seniors and grad right. seniors. Yep. So when you see that, 
and, and we got to go hand on the ground more. We're closer together, so we got to really operate like like a zone defense in basketball. We we operate as one unit. How tough is that transition? Do as some people are saying, are they going to have to play a game or two before they really figure it out, or or do you see it as a coach of we can coach that up and they can be ready to go game one? Yeah, there, there's nothing like going against a, an opponent from a different color jersey that you're going to have to play against. Sure. Um, and the variances, you know, you get kind of used to, you know, I know Coach Arnett and the defensive scheme that they have um, is really good and really multiple, but you kind of, you know, see the same blitzes, same things right. that you're going to have to deal with. Now, all of a sudden, you're having to run an entirely new offense with an entirely new set of uh, schematics that you're going against. And really, the first uh, two games, there's always unknowns because those coaches are off, you know, what in Arizona, Southeast Louisiana, they've been scheming some stuff up too. So there's going to be a lot of new things that are going to get thrown at them. Um, you know, so I think anytime that it's, you know, this drastic of a shift, you know, there's going to be some, some things that are going to have, you know, real time uh, adjustments that have to be made. Um, but I do think having, you know, a coach as high quality um, as Coach Barbe and a lot of returning older guys, you know, I think that helps. But I think, you know, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a mentality shift. It's going to be a lot of things that they're going to have to adjust uh, on the fly. And, uh, you know, I want, one of the good things I was looking at the schedule, eight home games uh, with those cowbells ringing, you know, hopefully that's got to that's got to lend some, you know, s some help as well. Sure, and I know you know a lot about them. I, I saw the mayhem on your shirt. I have yeah. since since you were the DC at state all those years ago. You've since gone and been a head coach at multiple places. Sure. But I'll never forget the psycho defense, you know, yeah. and the and scream. And since then, coach, I've heard a lot of other people say in high schools and other stuff saying psycho defense. And I think now, wait a minute, now that's Jeff's. That's his yeah. thing. But but other people are using it. I don't know if you knew that. I, I didn't know that. But any <laughs> you know, I think any kind of um thing like that is flattery and uh you know we had a we had a great run there and uh, i have such fond memories of startville and you know the fan base and all those kind of things i've still uh yet since i left there i think what the end of 2014 have found any breakfast place that replicates startville cafe duck butter and i try to try to find that experience <laughs> replicated everywhere i go I just haven't found it, so I guess one of those eight home games, I need I need to make a trip. Yes, you do. <laughs> All right, and there's uh, a little bit of that little bit of that interview with Jeff Collins. How about that? Hey, everywhere he's been, he can't find the duck butter that they have at Startwell Cafe for breakfast down there. Yeah, um, that's not the entire thing. I'll get it shared for you um, if you want to hear the, the the entire conversation. It was really interesting earlier today with Jeff Collins. Uh, former head coach at Georgia Tech and Temple, former D.C. at Florida and Mississippi State. Um, there's a lot in there. And, I, and I'll get it shared for you both on, you know, social via video, but also the podcast channels. You know, I know, Sven, you mentioned it earlier that not only Apple Podcasts, which is iTunes and Spotify, but on Google Podcasts as well, you're getting that over in Germany. So it uploads it's pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast. You just search the Matt Wyatt Show, subscribe, and We'll upload it by the hour. And I'll probably clip that out separately and upload that to you. So if that's – you can just listen to that part of it. Um, but, yeah, it's um, – I, I, and I said this 
you know, in the first part of the show when we heard the whole thing, too, I kind of came away from the conversation with him going, you know, it, it's really not a guarantee either way, first of all. And so people that people that would make this transition from air raid into this offense as it's just a guarantee that that offensive line is going to struggle from the word go because of the, how hard the transition is. Well, it's just not a guarantee. There, there are variables there. You know, how quickly do they pick it up? How healthy are they? You know, the coach-player relationship, all those kinds of things. It's also not a guarantee that it's going to be easy. You know, it, it very well could take time and kind of, you know, getting into it. Now, a minute ago, Fred commented on the Country Please and text line at 885-3776, Country Please and Sausage, and said, hey, Matt, it was much more difficult to change our road graders run blocking offensive line to pass blocking. He said, remember the transition of the air raid. We struggled with really good linemen. You did uh, at times, and, and, and eventually they did get it. And you remember early on, too, in that transition, you had a top 10 NFL draft pick at one of your tackle positions in Charles Cross. And it was so, it was, you kind of work on everybody else. He had it. I think states in this transition, states got some advantages built in to get it transitioned a little more quickly. And one of those is all those players are, they're old guys. They've been around forever. There's so many seniors and grad seniors in that offensive line group. And the other is, yes, you are. It's the inverse. Your pass block and getting tighter run block, to me, that's a little quicker can be transition than the other way, trying to go from run block to on an island pass block. Stick around. I really thought that I was a preferred customer of Chick-fil-A. I really thought that. I really thought that I had sort of an inside track. I thought that we had spent so much money (laughs) over the years at Chick-fil-A that like when we order Chick-fil-A on the app, on my iPhone 12 Pro Max here from C Spire that I've kept in really fine condition for all these years. There's only one crack along the back of it, but you can't really tell. I thought that, like, I place an order on there, and it tells me, hey, it even personalizes it. Hey, Matt, we're thinking about you. Here's a free milkshake. Claim it. You go, they put it in a bag. Cost me nothing. Hey, Matt, we appreciate your business. Here's a cookie. I mean, it happens all the time. And I got an email from Chick-fil-A, okay? And in the email was something I hadn't seen, and it says, Matt, hey, we're giving you a heads up. I'm, I'm only barely paraphrasing this. Hey, Matt, hey, preferred customer, I'm giving you a heads up here. And it said in the email, we're putting a new spin on the original Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. 
pickled jalapenos, honey, and pimento cheese spread over our Chick-fil-A filet. Make the new honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich a flavorful spin on a familiar favorite. Dear Matt, be one of the first to try it starting Monday, August 28th. I quickly, with my handy-dandy iPhone 12 Pro Max from C Spire, took a screenshot of that image and that wording in the email, and I sent it to someone else who I know, you know, they frequent Chick-fil-A every now and then. That would be Beaver. He immediately hits me back with a voice message that says, oh, yeah, I already know about that. (laughs) He was in on it first. Beaver, how'd you get word before I did? You football players always thinking y'all are the most special people (laughs) in the school. (laughs) I thought I would have known first. No, really. (laughs) Did you get an email? Like, how'd you hear about it? No, I saw it on Yahoo. It was either... I think it was just yesterday, actually. It may have been Tuesday, but I think it was yesterday. Okay. Yeah, I want that. Now, I'm going to have to go no jalapenos. Okay. Otherwise, I want that. I do too, Beaver. Does it not sound good? It does. As I said in the message, I'm counting down the days. The 28th, I think, (laughs) look, look, I think this is a bigger... This is a better thing to count down to than week zero of college football. <laughs> that is, I, I really think that people in our neck of the woods would agree with that, Beaver, as big, as big of football fans as we are. I think we are even more, even bigger fans of Chick-fil-A, uh, jalapenos, and pimento cheese, and you put them all together, and honey. I mean, you put them all together. It's a bigger deal, no question about it. <laughs> That's great. Look at here, man. I mean, just listen to the sound of it. Now, look, Chick-fil-A didn't pay me a dime. Nor, frankly, probably will they ever. Now, they pay me in free milkshakes because I already told you that on the app every now and then. I don't know if it's a point system or what. I just don't know. Maybe they have some sort of tally in their software that goes, hey, man, these folks are going broke buying our stuff. Let's give them some kind of reward. Throw a bone. Honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. Say that five times fast. Honey pepper pimento. Honey pepper. (laughs) Honey pepper pimento chicken sandwich. Man. Sounds like it just might make your tongue slap your hat off. In fact, Beaver, here's another question for you. What things, what food items other than chicken would a jalapeno, honey, and pimento cheese spread be good on? (laughs) I think it'd be good on just about anything. Toast? Hot dog. Oh, you nailed it. Nailed it. How about a sausage dog? from Country Pleasing Sausage at Duty Noble Field this spring watching a baseball game. Instead of slaw, slap some of that jalapenos, honey, and pimento cheese on the sausage dog. Yep! Golly, that would be good. 
<laughs> I'm excited. Are you? I'm really. I'm really excited. Mailman David. Ah, oh, David, don't be a one-upper. Yeah, he sure is, man. A story topper. <laughs> He's a story topper. Hey, hey look. I, every now and then, Beaver, I throw random Brian Regan references towards you. Um, look up his routine about the one-upper at the party and being an astronaut who walked on the moon. He said, that's why I always wanted to be an astronaut who walked on the moon. <laughs> he no. said, because you could at a party, no one could top your stories. Mm. Have you ever heard it? I don't think I've heard that one. But okay. here's, you know, here's a fun fact, because every time you mention Regan a lot. Yeah, I do. In my entire life, I've only been to two stand-up comedy shows, because you know, around here, we don't really have a yeah. venue for it. Mm -hmm. But I've only been to two stand-up comedy shows in my entire life, and one of them was Brian Regan. He came here back in 2007 oh, at the Yamara Hall. Oh, wow. How neat. Well, see, here's the thing, Beaver. I mean, even if that was the only one you'd ever been to, you went to the best, in my opinion. He is I also great. saw Dane Cook. Remember when uh -huh. he was a phenomenon? Yeah, and then he slipped up one day and they canceled him? Yeah. A lot of comedians have been canceled. Have you noticed that? <laughs> but not Brian Regan. Yeah, his one-upper deal. He's like, he says, you know, this guy is telling this story about he's driving. Yeah, I was driving my Porsche, you know, on the Autobahn, going 120 outside of Paris. You know, I go over there a couple times a year, you know, this, that. And he goes on this whole big thing about, you know, portfolio. And, and then he's standing. He goes, "Then, but if you're the guy, if you're the astronaut, then you're like, well, this one time I was driving around in the sea of tranquility. <laughs> but, you know couple thousand miles on the other side of the milky way <laughs> you just got to go here and i can't do it i'm just giving you the best uh, uh tease that i could you'd have to go listen to the rest of it but yeah mailman david texts in immediately and goes i got that chick-fil-a email about three days ago lol oh well, good for you david good good guess what you can't get it until the 28th either <laughs> Somebody texts in and says, Chick-fil-A has been cheating on Matt. I mean, they, Beaver knows about it. David got an email before I did. Okay, somebody texted me what I think is a picture of it. I don't know what that is. Okay, but I'll say this. you te If that's the jalapeno, honey, pimento cheese, chicken sandwich thing, in reality, it sure doesn't look as good on that plate as it does in this picture. <laughs> they sent me. All right, and before we're done, my man Sven has been asking for this all day long, and I have failed to give it to him. He wants a little JSU Sonic Boom before the show is over. Here you go. There 
you go, Sven. There's a little taste, and so we'll hit another song tomorrow. We're about to we're about to hit the clock here and have to get on out. We'll do it again tomorrow. There you go. <laughs> I'm telling you, you get to this time of year, uh, a marching band. There's really nothing like it. And as marching bands go, there's really nothing like the JSU Sonic Boom. You know how they on Twitter and social media they'll put out these maps of the United States and they'll go, here's the most popular. Uh, college football team in every state and then there's the little logos all over the country right and then they'll do here's the um you know the largest school in every state well the other one that i saw the other day was the best marching band in every state and it's every state and sure enough right here in mississippi there was right over jackson a big jsu logo the jsu sonic boom the best marching band in the state do you realize that in the state of alabama they had alabama's band as the best marching band it's easily third in the state of Alabama because Auburn and Troy are fighting for one for the first spot in the state of Alabama. At, they put Bama's band on there. so They got it right for us. They put the sonic boom on there as number one. All right, fun show today. Look for the podcast. Look for the uh, video replay on the live stream. Just go cue it back up, watch it again, and we'll... Be back in for a new show, same time, same place tomorrow. I'm Matt in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio with Beaver, all of us here on the show. We'll see you tomorrow, okay? See you!